Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who comes to us now by his word and spirit in order to give you faith and hope. Amen. It should come as no secret that we all seek after glory. Either our own personal glory for what we have done and what we can be recognized for, or simply to be close enough to someone more glorious than we are so that their glory just reflects off of us and we can shine as well. This is just as true for Jesus' disciples as it is for us modern people today. Every time you win an argument and you get that little smile, you're being glorified. You're winning. Every time your issue takes center stage and you can say, that's what I always thought, your glory is being reflected. Every time your team wins or plays hard or makes a good play, you're glorified. How do you think I lost my voice this week? But cheering for my daughter's soccer team, telling them, go, 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 just so that their goal scoring, their teamwork would reflect on me as the coach and I would have some glory to bask in with them. We are always seeking after some bit of glory that makes us feel right in the world, worthwhile, needed. Now, I don't normally follow stories from Denmark about their Danish museums or their artists, but I wonder if you've heard the story last month of an artist named, named Jens Hanning. His work was commissioned by the Museum of Modern Art, where he had done some work in the past. He had made an art exhibit where he took some money, big piles of money, and framed them in canvases. He was showing the disparity between income and work and the inequalities that happen in our world. Now, this month, this Danish museum is having a new exhibit highlighting uh, the, the trouble between wages and work, and they wanted to put that into art. It's very interesting. And they commissioned him to recreate what he had done 10 years ago in that last bit of art so that they could put it into their museum and people would come and be awed by it. Well, <clears throat> they gave him $84,000 in order to do this work. They loaned it to him to put into the artwork. And they commissioned him to do that, and we're going to give him some, uh, a, a payment to do so for their current exhibit called Work It Out, having to talk about work and, the, and its connection to money in an artistic form. And I guess the trouble began when Jens Hanning informed the museum administration that he wasn't going to be remaking his previous work, but he was going to do a new exhibit, a new work of art, which he had entitled, Take the Money and Run. They started to get concerned about this, and their worries were confirmed when the shipment arrived, all boxed up nicely, and they go to unpack it to hang it on the wall, and what they have in their hands are two blank canvases. He had taken the money and run away with it. James and John came up to Jesus, and they asked him, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. 
Let us sit at your left and your right so that your glory will reflect off of us. It's a clever ploy, of course, because it sounds almost humble. They don't actually want to be the glorified one. They just want Jesus' glory to shine upon them so that they might be as close as possible. Perhaps they're thinking of being something like a, uh, um, the, the right and left-hand members of the president's cabinet, giving advice, carrying out orders, always pointing to Jesus as the one who can be glorified, but finding their own glory in serving him. You can have all the glory. We just want to be close enough to it that we get some of it as well. Just a bit. We're here to help and support your gloriousness, Jesus. And yet three times so far in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus has told them his glory. He will suffer. He will die. He will be raised, but he is not heading for a seat of earth's power. His glory is not covered in gold or might or popularity. The glory of the cross will be something the world cannot understand at all. Jens Hanning insists that he, he produced a work of art. That Take the Money and Run is actually a performance art piece showing the ridiculousness of our world and the work amongst us. Taking the money and running is the work of art that he's pouring out into the world. And on some level, the museum actually agrees because people are talking about it. The news is getting out and it's provoked a conversation. I find it interesting that I was researching this, that all of the pictures I find online are people at the museum standing in front of the artwork, the blank canvases, looking at it pensively, as if there's something there. It seems so weird that we can't even understand the practical joke and we have to pretend that there's something glorious going on here. It seems like glory is in the eye of the beholder at all the time. The museum wanted to bask in Jens Hanning's fame. They wanted his name to bring people into their exhibit. The people want to stand there and say, isn't that interesting, when there's nothing there. And the artist himself is keen on the gloriousness of the money. It seems that we are so twisted and tied up and finding our glory that we can't even tell the truth about what's going on around us. And isn't that the way of the world? They all seem to be chasing after their own idea of glory, just as the disciples are, not listening to Jesus telling them the truth of the world's absurdity. This month, First Lutheran is focusing on stewardship, as we do every October. And we're raising the question to, our, to you, our members and guests and supporters, the people who are part of this congregation, to be thoughtful about being faithful stewards in the year to come of all that God has given you. That is your money, that is your time, that is your talents, that is your prayers. 
And this includes, of course, estimating your financial giving for the next year. But it also includes you looking in and finding the joy that you have in being part of a congregation that knows that we are not to be glorified. Not even that Jesus' glory reflects off of us. But that his glory goes out into all the world and that is where we find our joy. Not in him finding each one of you and saying, you're my special little one. But saying, no, his glory is all that we live in and that is the joy that we have. And so we ask you to stop in the atrium and see the tree display and write down a ministry that you find joy in. Not just the ones that you are part of, but the ones that you see making joy and faith in the world. It doesn't have to be about your glory, but realizing that all that we do here gives somebody help and joy. It might be even something that another appreciates. And we have to be careful that we don't start looking at all the leaves up on the tree and say, isn't that wonderful and glorious? We're all done. But that we're looking behind the ministries to see the message of Christ coming forward. I have glorified myself, and in my glory, I bring you joy and your own glory. There is a gloriousness about recognizing that all that happens with your gifts of time, talent, and treasure, reflecting out into the world to make the good news of Jesus Christ, somebody else's hope and joy. Because we can learn what happens when the other disciples hear what James and John asked. As they tried to glorify themselves, they begin to get angry. And when we're talking about resources and limited amounts and closeness and farness and all of these things, we start to fight over, did I get enough or did you? Was I close enough or were you did my ministry get funded or not? Even in our serving one another, we talk about how we find our hope, how we find our glory. But Jesus' glory is not in that. It is in the cross. The cross from which sinners hear nothing but Jesus' word of life and forgiveness. The criminals to his right and his left, receiving the promise, you will be with me in paradise. Today your sin is forgiven. I am granting you new life as a gift. Because nobody at the cross is fighting to claim that glory. Nobody there is demanding to sit at his right and his left as if it were some honorific place. For his glory is not in being served or being helped by us, but it is in serving you by giving his life. For he has come to give his life as a ransom, to pay all that is necessary to free you from sin and death, to say, you did not earn it or deserve it, but I give you a gift an immeasurable monetary gift, a gift that you could never repay. So take the gift, take the money, and run with it. It is a gift for you, for it is the gift of Christ Jesus' life, which you could never earn or pay for. 
It might feel like you're stealing it. It might feel like you're doing something wrong. It's too big of a gift that you couldn't pay back. But it's not like an artwork. You are being freed from seeking after your own glory to stand and receive the goodness of God. And instead of trying to climb the ladder or find your own spot, you cling to the cross of Christ forever. Amen.